This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin, and with me this week are two pretty alright human beings, I guess. Brian Murray. Hey. And Nick White. Hey. Thank you both for joining me this week. I'm very excited to be sitting down and talking about comic books, and it's just because it's something that isn't Animal Crossing. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> I gotta ask the question that I ask every single week. How have you been? How have comic books been? Let's start with you, Nick. Um, you know, I've... I've been fine. Um, I've been having to train myself to get up at 7.30 or 8 a.m. on a regular basis, which is, um, it's probably not a chore for some people. It's probably not difficult at all for others. And for me, it's a daily fight, but, um, of course, <laughs> but I'm getting there. It's, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work, and beyond that, you know, every day is, is blurring into the next at this point. Um, I don't even know what month it is. Uh, it's fine. Is it's it fine. June? It's May. It's May. It's the NSYNC song, or Backstreet Boys, or whoever it was. <laughs> it's I don't, NSYNC, I can... please. Don't okay, ever make you. that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> You've embarrassed oh, all of us. Nick is a big NSYNC stan. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've uh, shamed uh, uh, Timberlake's um, uh, what bleached curls or whatever he had at that one point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you guys remember that music video where they were all like puppets? Yes, Nick. <laughs> I think More like Instinct. Can we move on with this? <laughs> no, I, this is an Instinct podcast now. I'm oh, the, okay. Good. I'm the I'm the captain now. Um. <laughs> um you know, so beyond that, I, I, uh, it's it's pretty nice in Michigan right now, which of course is a is a double edged sword. Uh, everybody's getting outside and um, doing yard work. It's just really a concern of how much getting outside are you doing. Um, the local beach nearby uh, me just uh, basically had to close up shop um, starting today because I guess people don't understand um social distancing at the beach so that's a thing mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. in in terms of what i've been reading i read a book called analog a cyber dystopian noir volume one death by algorithm this is from image comics it's written by uh jerry duggan unless that's gary but i think it's jerry uh, i think it's gary dugan perfect that's I don't know. It. We don't. Oh, you said that with such confidence. I was like, "All right, good." Well, this is a unique opportunity for me to botch someone's first and last name. So let's Great. let's just hope it's that. Um, it's drawn by David O'Sullivan. Colors by Jordi Belair and Mike Spicer. Not sure why there's two. And letters by Joe Sabino. Uh, you want to know how long it took me to get the credits for this book? About 10 minutes, and that's right. Everybody reset your counters for the Nick White talks about Comic Book DB. I miss it. Please come back. I'm so sad. I don't know what to do without you. Uh, reset it. <laughs> um, I had to use Comic Vine, which only had the credits for um, the writer and artist. 
And then I had to go through about three pages of Google searches until a, I believe it was a Toronto public library actually properly cited the other people. And I know what you're thinking, Nick, didn't you just look inside the front of the book and figure out who the credits were? Yes, I know I'm one step ahead of you. I already checked it. And they decided to do a full credits page with only last names because apparently they think that's cool. It's not cool. It drives me insane. Don't do that shit ever again. Nick just wants to properly cite his sources, people. Come on. Please. And I know you're thinking, Nick, well, maybe check the back cover. Maybe it's at the end of the book. Maybe it's at the end of the issue. It's none of those things. Please, come on. You think this is amateur league? I know what I'm doing. Um, (laughs) Oh, my gosh, Nick. Are you okay? Has this book shook you completely? um, Like, hey, Nick, did this take up 35 minutes of your life on Friday? Yes, it did. It did. Um (laughs) for the record for those who are really intimately curious and really drawn into this story at this point um i did eventually find them the first issue had a prolonged cold open and then they actually did conventional credits i see i see so yeah (sighs) nick what is this book about we haven't even talked about that (laughs) that's what i was wondering great point nick you've really um also i want to just say uh briefly before we get to that Hoopla has this book listed, instead of as a cyber dystopian noir, they have it listed as a cyborg dystopian noir. Um, okay. Uh, tell us how you really feel, Hoopla, about beings with organic and biomechatronic body parts, will you? Um, I don't know if like Hoopla was just sort of projecting the book they wanted to read or if someone was asleep at the wheel, but I thought that was really funny. Um so yeah, Collects Issues 1 through 5 came out in October of 2018, second volume slated for July of 2020. Who knows what value that date has at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think most people are familiar with Dugan at this point. He's written the Chewbacca miniseries. He wrote the Cable series that launched earlier this year. He's written a whole ton of Deadpool, if you're into that. N- no judging, I guess. And um, even last year's Punisher Kill Crew, I don't know much about Kill Crew, but I do know that they took the Mortal Kombat aesthetic liberties of swapping out a word that's normally spelled with a C in favor of a K, which is always a winner in my book. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that it also has Juan Ferreira, who drew it, and I like Juan Ferreira. Um O'Sullivan is probably not well known to most people. He doesn't really have any other comicsology credits outside of analog. Um He's Irish, which will prove relevant in a second. Um, he was working on a book called Crimson Blade for Atomic Diner Comics. He sent pages of that to his buddy, Declan Shalvey, who's a fellow Irishman. And um, he asked if he could pass the pages around, and that's kind of how he met up with Dugan. Um, everybody knows about Mike Spicer and, and uh, Jordi Belair, so I don't need to say anything there. So this book takes place in um, 2024, not that far in the future. Uh, And it follows Jack McGinnis, who used to be a quote-unquote company man. He hasn't owned a computer or cell phone in several years. Not since the Great Doxing, which took place on Christmas Day 2020. So everybody has something to look forward to in a couple months. Um, (laughs) He used to work for the NSA, but now he's quote-unquote a paper jockey. That makes him a courier who transports and protects secrets and briefcases. Uh, You know, because um, nothing is secret on the web at this point. So, yeah, it's a little bit of The Private Eye, or actually right. a lot of The Private Eye. For those who have read um, Brian K. Vaughn and I think Marcos it's Martin. Marcos Martin's book. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a little bit of that, and it's also a lot of Mirror's Edge. 
for those who are familiar with that kind of rooftop courier kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, blended together. Um, the art reminds me a lot of Aaron Campbell and Dan Panosian's artwork, which is a good thing to be compared to. Um, yeah, so it's it's I find it really interesting because obviously it's a book that's sort of a futuristic book, and yet it's it feels it feels like so frequently when you have these future things, it's like three hundred years in the future, flying cars, blah blah blah, and this is like hey, four or five years from now, this is what's going on, and yeah. it's interesting in that way because uh there are some predictions and projections that don't seem that far off um but i would i would recommend this to people even if yes the private eye comparisons are maybe a little too close for some people's comfort but um I'd, I'd I'd still recommend it. If anything else, um, O'Sullivan has this wonderful ability, and we see this with some other artists, but not all, where their um, their covers just look so distinctively different from from their interiors. And that's not mm-hmm. to say that either the covers or the interiors are bad; they're both great. But it's a real departure in terms of detail and in terms of medium used. So I found that kind of fascinating. That kind of um, reminds me of like Sean Phillips sometimes, where he'll do very painterly covers, and then the interior of the book is is like your more standard cover or comic book fare, where it's pencils and inks and like flattened colors. Whereas his co- his covers are like, like movie post <clears throat> movie exactly, posters like, like movie from the forties or something. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's it's the sort of thing where you have to double check the credits page to make sure um, that you properly get the attribution right. Unless the cover mm-hmm. page is is, um, is not there, in which case you don't get mad about it and go on a podcast several days later and lose it. Um, that would be unprofessional. Uh, yeah. Also, briefly, I'll just say I started reading 13 again. I mean, technically, it's XIII for those who are trying to split hairs or, or trying to Google the book. Um, it's written by Jean Van Ham. And drawn by William Vance, it's a Belgian Franco graphic novel series that began in 1984. Ham's best known for his fantasy series is uh, fantasy series Thorgal and Largo Winch. Um, Vance had success drawing um, Bob Moran and Bruno Brazil before 13 made him famous. Uh, eventually, this turned into, and I don't have this part written down, so I'm just going to have to eyeball this, I think. Uh, it was turned into a video game in 04 with David Duchovny. It was turned mm-hmm. into a TV movie in I think 2011 with Val Kilmer. It then oh. got turned into a TV series after that. It's it's massively popular. Uh, came out right around the same time as Robert Ludlum's Born series, which is perfectly interesting in the fact that both have um, a man with amnesia um, who can't remember anything, but somehow his muscle memory and whatnot would suggest that he is a mean, lean fighting machine. Etc. Etc. Dot. 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 Corporate conspiracy. Blah. 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 Um, a lot gotcha. of fun. Really enjoyed this book. Going to try to actually get through all of it this time. We'll see if that. I believe happens. in you. Yeah. I believe thank in you. you Nick. Thank you. If uh, if Comicsology and I think Cinebook would get together and lower the price of the issues from like what I think is probably like seventy eight dollars an issue, maybe a little bit less. Um, <laughs> this would be easier to do. Um, yeah. So Cinebook reps, if you're listening. Um, first off, your name sounds like Cinnabon, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. uh, secondly, please lower the prices of your books. Um, yep, that's me. We'll get, we'll get right on that. Brian, please. what about you? How have you been? How have comic books been? I've been good. Um, 
been playing a lot of video games. I've upgraded my processor and my computer. So like Ooh. all the games that I've been buying that I have not been able to play are suddenly within my reach. Nice. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. Comic book wise, uh, I finally got around to reading some of the books that Vault of Midnight shipped to me. Uh, thank you, local comic shop, for all you do. Uh, I read Transformers vs. the Terminator number one. That was written by uh, David Marriott, John Barber, and Tom Waltz, with art by Alex Milne and colors by David Garcia Cruz. Um, as as predicted on a past episode, this is a weird and interesting crossover. Um, Skynet is actually being cast as like the the plucky resistance team this time around. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, yeah, <laughs> I told it take, you this is going to be weird. It takes place in. Uh, a timeline where the bad guy transformers and i because i don't think that they called them decepticons i think they used a different con word but okay i'm not a transformers guy so i couldn't tell you what any of it means sure sure um a a terminator is is sent back in time to try and prevent that from happening uh he kidnaps slash conscripts sarah connor while he's back there because it wouldn't be a Terminator book if the Connor family was not roped in somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course. Um, I really like the art. It's very, like, it's exactly the kind of, like, very clean comic book art that I look for. Uh, my only question is if this Terminator is supposed to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger or not. Hmm. Because he definitely doesn't. But I can't tell if, like, it's supposed to be that same exact model of terminator and it's just the artist just didn't try that hard to make it look like him which i mean i think is good like i i think that's totally fine uh yeah. but I, I just don't know if it's intentional or not that was that was my problem with the cover too i was like um i'm not sure if this is if they're just not opting for a real close likeness or if it's not just not him period yeah yeah, uh, I mean the the only indication I have is that I think that somebody mentions him like sounding German at some point or something like oh. that. <laughs> um, okay, which Austrian, but let's not split hairs. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, y- you did because I was going to, so totally fine. <laughs> uh, I figured I had to get out in front of you on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also read Deceased Unkillables number two. I finally. Got my hands on that one. Nice. Uh, that's written by Tom Taylor with art by Carl Moster. Um, it, it it continues to be a good fun book. I, I love uh, I love this zombie verse. Um, perhaps more than I do the Marvel zombie verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, if only because it's not as hopeless. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like in the yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, in, in the Marvel zombie verse, it's like from issue one, everybody is a zombie and everything's fucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas in this, we still have like human survivors. Uh, in this case, it's uh, Vandal Savage has brought together basically all of the immortal DC villains and antiheroes onto cool. uh, Ball's Pyramid, which is an island famed for tree lobsters. Uh, which Solomon Grundy is a big fan of. Okay. Um, is this real? Yeah. Yeah, Ball's Pyramid is an actual place. Huh. <laughs> uh, this this issue had, and I, I won't spoil it, but it had a classic zombie movie moment where, like, 
there is something very obvious that the characters should do, but they don't. Because if they did, then the zombies, you know, wouldn't have a way to ruin their day later. Right. Um, I'll, I'll just kind of leave it there. But I think that if, if you're reading this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but yeah, I, I highly recommend if you haven't read the original Deceased run, um, definitely important to check that out before reading this. Um, I, I think that if you just read Unkillables, you could still follow it. But you, you you wouldn't have all the context that makes it an interesting read. Is this book um is this a follow up to the original or is this a supplementary thing that runs alongside it? It's a follow up. Because this is I mean I, I I say it's coming out now. It's coming out whenever it comes out at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it it released after the end of the original deceased. Gotcha. Hmm. Okay. I do think that it runs kind of concurrently. Uh, it, it starts off with uh, with Deathstroke, like he he gets infected with the the corrupted anti life equation that turns everybody into zombies, and uh, for some reason he is able to like fight it off. Um, I don't know anything about that character, so I could <laughs> not tell you why. Um, but yeah, it's basically same. it's basically like. He looks at a screen, he gets infected by it, everything goes red, and then he like kind of wakes up a few days later after the events of Deceased. Hmm. And uh we, we, we follow him from there. Interesting. Well, for me, um I have been just, you know, stuck inside my little apartment craving deep fried chicken that's all that i really want is just fried chicken and i don't know why um but besides that i have been trying to read some comics here and there um i've been reading one piece very slowly i've been trying to get like five or ten chapters in a day the the it's a slow going thing um and i have not been hitting that five to ten chapters a day but when i sit down i feel pretty good about where i'm at and i'm in a really interesting point in one piece so that's fun but um I, the big thing that I read was I, I kind of decided that like once a week I kind of just want to read through a small series. Like I did it with Lock and Key last week and I stayed up way too late to do it. But so this week I actually portioned my time and I sat down and read Trees 1 through 14 and Trees 3 Fates number 1 through 5. Um, for those of you that don't know, this series started back in 2014 and it still hasn't ended. Um, something between Jason Howard and and Warren Ellis, I don't know what the delay is. I'm guessing it's Warren Ellis trying to find a way to add a fitting ending to this story because it's very complex and weird and ephemeral and i think he wants to give us a solid ending without actually wrapping the story up and i realize that's a challenge and it can be very disappointing for readers so i'm sure that's why they're taking their time but trees basically is about um like the summary from image is 10 years after they landed all over the world and they did nothing standing on the surface of earth like trees exerting their silent pressure on the world as if there was as if there was no one here and nothing underfoot um and if you haven't seen this book, it has some of the most striking covers you'll levels ever see. They're all done by Jason Howard, and I think this kind of goes along with what Nick is talking about, um, where you get like a, a interior artist who does a cover, but the style is so different, you kind of have to question if it's if it's the same artist. And it clearly is. I think Jason Howard's style is very distinct, so it's obvious that it's his style. But it's it's very simplistic and very like. Um, 
I don't know how to describe it. It's like looks like stencils made out of like uh, spray paint. It's it's really cool, and the whole series is like that, including the the miniseries Three Fates. But um, the story is about this world of people that you know the modern day world, maybe ten years in the future, um, where these aliens have landed. Um, so maybe twenty years in the future. So they landed ten years ago, and we don't know about the day that they landed. We just know about the follow up and how the world has changed, and these huge stalks of legs that are massive have just like pressed down all over the world. Um, and no one knows why, no one knows what they want. All we know is that every once in a while, some of them will like leak this ooze out of the base of their feet that will just destroy everything around them, like melt it, everything and everyone like acid. Um, and so entire economies have shifted. These things are so tall that they've changed like the Gulf Stream. They've changed weather patterns and all this other stuff. And they're all over the world. Um, now, as I, as I recall, like trees is a swirl of stories with one underlying theme, which is the trees. And Ellis doesn't shy away from the grim realities of this near future world that honestly looks closer to the truth than it did in 2014 when I first read the series. So reading it now was like even more creepy and more eerie, um, thinking like if some big global thing happened, how would the world react? And it's kind of like shocking how close that is to today. Um, obviously, we don't have aliens living among us, but at the same time, you know, seeing the world shaken, it's it's bizarre to see how people react and how a comic book writer will say, well, everything just kind of goes to shit, and here's why, even though life continues for most people. Um, Ellis, to me, is like a master of pacing in this book, and in the near knowing jumping back and forth between stories, it's super killer unless you're binging this book. Like, I remember reading, like, why I never really finished reading this, even though I bought the subsequent, like, issues 10 through 14, and it was mostly because I couldn't keep everything straight, despite the stories being pretty straightforward. So when you sit down and actually read all of these single issues together in one go, it feels like a very well-crafted novel, um, especially issues 1 through 14, as you're getting different stories, and some start, and some end and you see how these trees just kind of influence everyone and everything that everyone does but at the same time daily life continues people go to work in their tech jobs people go work as archaeologists like the world doesn't stop turning because of this massive thing that happened but people adjust because of it you see cities grow and crumble around these trees because they are ultimately infecting the world around them and I wouldn't say that that's something that's overtly said but it is something like these trees show up and then everything around them starts to go to shit and one of the main plot points is what are these trees trying to do and you don't really even figure that out by the end of issue 14 which is the end of volume two of the series and so when i jumped into trees volume or three fates number like one through five like this this one-off story um I was kind of surprised that we got like yet another story in this world, but it was completely unrelated to the main storylines that were developed in Trees, um, the main series, uh, which makes sense. It's a different story, a different series. But um, the one thing that we did get out of this book outside of a, a pretty interesting murder mystery was... Um, a little bit more information as to what these trees want or what they are. Um, I think Ellis and Howard reveal something really big in this book that is bigger. It's part of the bigger story and it reveals kind of their philosophical approach to this book. And I was really impressed that the way that Ellis and, and Howard were able to meld this like philosophical take on the entire story and the entire world that they've built into this story. And it felt so natural. It didn't feel like they were trying to like shove this idea in down your throat. Instead, it was like, no, 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 this has made sense to you all along. And um, as soon as they put it on paper, you're like, oh my gosh, I get what this book is doing. Um, and so I'm really excited to see what the... Um, the actual ending of this book is going to be, if it's going to be another six issues, if it's going to be another eight issues. Um, 
I, I, we know so little about these trees. Um, we really don't know what the ending could be because even with this reveal in Trees Three Fates, you still don't know what the actual end goal is um, of these trees that are, or these these alien spaceships or whatever they are, because we really don't even know what they are um, because we're just really getting like the human um, side of everything, but we don't know what their actual goal is. And I hope that it's revealed even in a vague sense. Um, even if like at the end of the series, the trees leave the earth and like the world has to adjust to that change again. Um, that would at least be something that I think is satisfying. I'm really excited to see where they take this. Um, I don't know if any of you have read Orbiter. I mean, Brian, Nick, whatever, or the listeners out there, but this, this book has a very similar feel to that. Um, where Warren Ellis sits down and tries to tell a weird philosophical story about, the way that we look at how life is created on earth is definitely not the same for the rest of the universe. Um, and the needs and wants of people from other worlds, other universes are completely different than ours. And the fact that we think that we're similar to them is almost a joke. Um, and I I really like that approach. I don't know why I I really, I'm just a sucker for Warren Ellis. If, if Paul's a Grant Morrison apologist, I'm a Warren Ellis apologist. Um, but um, yeah, Trees is, is a fantastic book, and I think Jason Howard is at his top game in this series, especially in Three Fates. Um, going from Trees to Trees Three Fates, there's definitely a time gap, I think, there. And you can see where Jason Howard's art has gotten so much better um, in its weird, sketchy style that, to me, super-duper works for this book. Um, and everything that he's done with Warren Ellis has been amazing. So um, yeah. I don't know if you, you guys read this book at all. I think I've tried to convince every single person I know who reads comics to read Trees. But, um, yeah, got to catch up, guys. It's fantastic. You know, the worst part is that I, I have not read it, but I do own the first two volumes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got everything that's out. I mean, if you didn't read Three Fates, I don't think you'd be missing much. Um, I mean, you would be missing something, but I don't think it's going to be that relevant to the main story. I think it's more supplemental. Yeah, I honestly just own these because I, I see Jason Howard at conventions, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you're awesome. Let me buy something from you. <laughs> yeah. And this is just what sense. he's had the last couple times I've seen him. Right. Um, well, I guess, yeah, beyond that, I guess, let's let's just quickly, quickly go over, you know, what have, what have you guys been into outside of reading comics? What have you been doing while in your free time, if you have any, um, during your, your downtime not reading comics? Uh, uh, yeah, let me start with you, Brian. Yeah, I, I discovered through Spotify a, a musical, an off-Broadway musical called We Are the Tigers. It, it follows a high school cheer squad as they get kind of embroiled in a murder mystery. Um, <laughs> okay it's it's very it's very catchy um if if you're a fan of of mean girls or the heathers musical um this is definitely in the same vein it's very spiritually similar to those um but it's got it's got a few few real bops on the soundtrack they they did a, a cool little thing that i enjoyed where they have a character they gave her her own little track for like 30 seconds where she goes, Hey, you may have noticed this is a murder mystery and we're about to reveal who done it. So, uh, <laughs> if you want to wait until you see this live to know who done it, stop listening now. Oh, wow. That's great. That's Which, great. You know, living in the Midwest and never actually getting to see musicals does not matter to me, but I imagine that if you live in one of the three cities in the world where, uh, you know, musicals happen, then, uh, <laughs> that would be a, a handy warning. Um, I've also been playing a lot of, and Nick actually let me know this game existed, XCOM Chimera Squadron, or Chimera Squad. Um, if you're familiar with the XCOM games at all, they're kind of a top-down tactical squad command 
game. Um, but this time, instead of fighting off an alien invasion, you're working as like a team of humans and aliens and human alien hybrids um, who are working in city that's just called City 31, where the alien hybrid mayor has just been murdered. And so it's your oh, job snap. to investigate like these different factions in the town that you think might have been involved in this murder. And my favorite part about it is that instead of just being a bunch of different humans with different classes, so you used to have like, you know, the sniper and the grenadier and things like that. Now you actually have like, like this alien on my team has psionic powers. And this other one is a big snake lady. And like, they all have super unique kits to work with. And so you can really kind of get into changing your squad around, seeing who's good for what situations. Um, and they've added this, they call it the breach system where every, every mission you go on is a series of encounters and between each encounter, you have to breach into the next location. Mm-hmm. And depending on like what gear you have and what's available, you can enter from different access points. So like your stake lady, if, if there are vents in the level, you can send her to the vents and surprise people that way. Or if you picked like explosives for one of your characters, you can send them through a wall instead of huh. going through the doorway. And then oh, cool. based on based on which one of these things you do, you might get, you know, like characters who go through this location get plus twenty five to dodge for the first round. Or, you know, if you went through the the vents and surprised people, uh anybody you hit will be stunned for the next round or something like that. So it's it's a really interesting new layer that they've added on the XCOM game experience. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, highly recommend it. Yeah. What about you, Nick? I've just really been loving uh, my my Pandora station that I've got set up themed around uh, the band called The Midnight. Uh, mm-hmm. They're a synthwave band, which of course, as you might suspect, means it's just a whole lot of synthwave music, mm-hmm. which for me is sort of that sweet spot of music I can actually get worked on to, to music I can enjoy, but I don't have to feel like I have to focus on that hard in order to get other things done simultaneously. Uh, sometimes there's lyrical elements, but if there are, they're repetitious. Uh, so it works really well for me. Hey, Nick, why don't you use Spotify, Grandpa? Uh, that's a whole soapbox I'm not going to get into. Um the other thing, hey, of course, is that people have been telling me, uh, Nick, you need to go outside, get fresh air, interact with people, remember what grass looks like. Right. Which, I mean, they're all lies, uh, but you still have to pacify people. And in that regard, uh, I have been interacting with outside or the the world we used to know. And that's largely through the boot or lock screen on my Windows 10 PC. Uh, for those unaware, when you boot Windows, you get a very beautiful or nice uh, picture to look at of, I don't know, uh, the Taj Mahal or a turtle or um, a, a sunset. And then if you a click on elements of, of it, um, it'll, it'll, it'll boot up Windu- uh, Microsoft Edge, which it hurts me every time. But still, you can boot up a, a Edge and uh, it'll tell you more about what you're looking at. So. Um, that's that's my portal into the real world at this point um and and i'm loving it because that's about as much of it as i need so i see 
Well, I mean, as someone, you know, who lives in a big fat city, um, I don't really see grass that often. I'm, I'm doing just fine. You know, give me yeah. a concrete jungle. Yeah, exactly. If, yeah, I'm an inside <laughs> cat, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, for me, my only thing I've been doing when I'm, you know, as I said, I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. But beyond that, I've been rewatching Trailer Park Boys uh, because it's on Netflix. <laughs> And, um, you know, Trailer Park Boys is definitely not everyone's cup of tea. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's the funniest show you've ever seen. It is not. It, it is very funny to me, and I, it has a lot of nostalgia for me because I watched it a lot when I was in college. Um, when and we were just the going Park back, Boys. Yeah, when we were Trailer Park Boys actually living <laughs> in a trailer. Um, yeah, I mean, I watched a lot of it when, you know, when I was in college and stuff. And so just sitting down and watching it all again um, is, is nice. Like, it's that nice nostalgia thing that i you, you get for stuff where it just kind of makes you feel comfortable and kind of knowing the bits and knowing all the different things but forgetting some of the details and so they're really funny as you come across them again um that's been it, it's just been really nice to sit down and watch a handful of episodes at a time at night um just before bed it, it's like a nice way to to basically set my brain up to go to sleep and not you know dig through new york times at three in the morning reading about all the things that happened the last day um but yeah, on top of that, you know, I, as usual, I've just been playing a lot of D and D. We've got one big, fat, large campaign that's going to be ending on the IRCB Discord, which I'm excited about. And then um, I'm starting a mini campaign with Brian and Kate and Xander to test out this system quest. I want to make sure that running it as a GM makes sense for me. And these guys have been kind enough to give me their time and let me experiment and figure out what works and what doesn't. So I'm excited about that. But um, yeah, that's that's been me. Um, it's weird. I had a lot of a handful of different D and D campaigns come to an end in like the last month, and I don't think that has anything to do with like everyone being on lockdown or anything, or that everyone wanted to end things. It was like coincidentally, we've been able to play D and D so much that these games came to natural conclusions, and it was like, oh well, I'm glad that we got to play so much to actually get to the end of this. So um, it's been really nice to kind of wrap a bunch of stuff up. Like we wrapped up a Shadowrun game slash what was it, Starfinder that we were playing yeah. between me and Brian and Kate and Xander. And uh, we wrapped up my big D&D game and another D&D game I played just ended last night. Um, it's been really cool. But, like, it's it's been nice to, to, to play games with friends and just kind of hang out for, you know, large swaths of time with them. Um, so at least we've got that. So, you know, I don't know. Come on, come on out to the IRCB Discord because we've been doing that there, too. We've been playing a bunch of games if you're if you're interested. Um, but, yeah, let's uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going <laughs> to we're going to talk about our quote unquote quarantine house um, where we're just trapped in a house with a handful of comic book characters. It's going to be uh, it's going to be something. So we'll be back in just a second. Before we start the show this week, I want to let everyone know that we have two Hangouts coming out in the new future. On May 10th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are going to be doing just an official IRCB Hangout. We're going to get as many IRCB folks as we can. We're going to jump on Discord and just hang out and chat about comics and the world and everything. Maybe not everything, but a lot of things just to hang out with people and say hello. We just want to be present in your lives, and we want you to be present in ours. So come on to the Discord on May 10th at 3.30 p.m. Also... The day before that, I don't know why I announced them in this order, but on May 9th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to be doing an IRCB mini book club. We are reading Drops of God, Volume 1. This is the Comixology Originals manga that was republished very recently. I think you can buy it for like 99 cents or you can get it free with your CU subscription. Um, But we're going to be talking about that with some people. And if you show up... 
if you're a new person, we're going to let you nominate the next book that we're going to read. We've been meeting like every other week to do book clubs. It's been really, really fun just to hang out on the Discord. So that'll be May 9th at 2 p.m. And we've got another hangout, just general hangout with a bunch of IRCB folks on May 10th at 3.30 p.m. All Eastern Standard Time. I live in New York. It's the only time zone that matters. So, um... Yeah, but beyond that, today for the show, we're going to be talking about this this thing that someone posted in our topic stock. It's the per the your quarantine house meme. Who are the handful of comic book characters you'd like to be stuck with for a few months and who would be the worst? So I guess to get things started, we're going to bounce back and forth between the best and the worst. And we're just going to list off one at a time. So let's start with the best and let's start with you, Nick. So one of the best for me would would probably be Hellboy. Um, I, I know that okay. he... He loves pancakes, which is good. It's one of the few things I think well, <laughs> I can cook. So Okay, good. I was going to say, are you expecting Hellboy to cook the pancakes? That's the No, question. no, 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 no. No. Um you also don't have to worry about reminding people about social distancing when you've got um someone like Hellboy around, even though I think <laughs> probably one of the weirder things in the book is that people don't usually seem as put off or worried um by his presence, so maybe that's something we'll have to work on. Maybe I'll have to ask him to grow out the horns again or something like that, because that was always kind of that was always kind of scary. Um, it's a bit more intimidating, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think the small sort of maybe deal breaker. I mean, I I know he likes cats, which is fine, but he's gonna have to like keep it down to like one or two for starters. <laughs> And and then the other is that the cigar smoking is just gonna have to stop, or he can it's step gonna, outside. He can it's step gonna have to be that. like a step outside thing, and like you know, uh, Febreze that fucking duster before you come back in. End of story. <laughs> um, but, but I mean that that yeah, it's in terms of like minor issues, I don't consider those to be real bad. So yeah. Um, I mean, Hellboy sounds like a good pick as long as he doesn't end up at the animal shelter, you know, cleaning out the stocks like people have been doing for cats, right? Cats and dogs, I guess. It, it, exactly. That would that would be, like I said, there's going to be like a hard two-cat limit, I would say. So <laughs> Okay, um, okay. Uh, I mean, and we're talking here like this this quarantine house that we're talking about. It may be maybe two story, four bedrooms, maybe five bedrooms if we have to. Um, this is a pretty big house. We're this is a, a fantasy world, so we get to you know live a little bit. Um, two two bathrooms. <laughs> this is a fantasy world where we can afford real estate. Look, if you want him to run rampant with cats at your place, that's fine. Okay? Sure, sure. Two two is good. Two okay. is good. Okay. <laughs> Well, Brian, what about you? What's uh, one of your best? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I never thought that Hellboy and my mother would have anything in common, but uh, <laughs> the cat thing is Does your mom there. smoke cigars? <laughs> no, big cat fan. Okay. Uh, number one on my list is uh, Daisy Wooten from Giant Days. Uh, um, seems like a real calming influence, which is something that I desperately need in these times. Uh, I tend to get a little wound up, and I think that Daisy would be good for, you know, somebody you could just, like, make a pot of tea, we can sit down and chat, kind of get some of that stuff out. Right. Um, I do feel like she and I react to stress in similar ways, so that might not be great. We might, uh, there's a chance that we might just spiral together, but... (laughs) (laughs) You also have to hope that she's not dealing with any relationship problems, because we know that doesn't affect her too well. Um. Uh, yes, the, uh, I can't remember what her name is, but the, 
the tiny German can stay away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think Daisy would be nice. I think uh, having someone that knows the proper way to make tea with milk and maybe probably, you know, would be up for like a, a family baking experience of some kind. Um, I think that would be very nice to have in the house. Yeah, I knew I knew that I had to pick somebody from Giant Days for this. It came down to her or uh, McGraw. But at the right. end of the day, Daisy was my go-to. Yeah, you just can't have someone chain smoking in your house. Um, I understand that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I guess for me, I, my list is very strange because um, <laughs> you would think that I would pick some of just my favorite characters to hang out with, but they are awful. They are just <laughs> awful people. Um, so I, the, one of the first people I picked was Quentin Quire um, because I love him. Um Funny enough, uh, he's also on my worst list, but he is on my best list because you know he's te- he's a telepath and or, excuse me a telekinetic user. Um, he's hyperactive. He always finds something to do. I think it would get a little grating, but you would know that if you ever needed to feel like you needed to get out and do something, or you needed someone to just, hey man, could you get that coffee for me? Like he would reluctantly not move in order to get the coffee to you. Um, I think just take you know. Uh, being nice to him in order to kind of take advantage of his powers would be fun um plus he you know he's he's hyperactive and so he would really want to always be doing something um whether that's you know taking down a wall in the house or you know building something or trying to fly around with his power or something like that i feel like there'd always be something to do or at least some sort of problem to fix with him around which to me is a good thing if i've got something to do to keep my mind off of things i think quentin choir is the best and worst case scenario for Man. Yeah, when he isn't the problem you have to fix. Yes, yeah. When I don't have to fix him specifically, but I have to fix the fallout of something that he did. At least that's something for me to do. I think that I think that we all had somebody who was on our, our best and worst lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, that was Tony Stark. Because <laughs> like, if, there, if there's anybody who can you know take a paperclip and a gum wrapper and get you free cable, uh, it's going to be Tony Stark. <laughs> right. And on the other hand, there's like literally everything else about him. That uh, <laughs> I think that you know, if if it were me, I would definitely be ready to uh, stick a fork in the toaster by the end of day three. Right. I mean, he, you also have to deal with the problem of like he's got a massive amount of money, so you know he's just abusing all of these various online services to get things shipped to him, like sw- like pallets of metal and things in order for him to build new machinery that he is re- retrofitting your entire house with, which is like great, but at the same time. Don't do that, Tony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, mean, I if get he's, it. If he's like, you know, upgrading the TV or like building a new computer for for the house to use, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know, knowing him, he's got six new suit ideas. He's been kicking around, and he's viewing mm-hmm. quarantine as a chance to finally get around to it. So right, right. <laughs> Nick, what, what was on your best worst list? I guess if we're gonna jump into that. Like, someone that's great, but also bad. Yeah, I I think that would be, like, all of the Green Lanterns, or at least all of the Green Lanterns (laughs) that Earth has been lucky to have as a representative. Uh Um, Because, like, yeah, they can can make anything into a hard light construct, which is great. Um, I just need someone to tell me if hard light constructs are edible. Um, (laughs) Probably not. Yeah, what imagines not. I don't know. And I, I don't know what sort of burden that would put on one's digestive system. I, I see. Probably not going to take the risk. Um, so let's let's assume that that's a pro. Let's assume that that works out. Um, even without 
the concerns of food, which is always priority number one. You know, you can make a hard light construct of a, a big new TV or something. So that's great. Let's let's shift towards the cons here, um, which would be uh, basically all of the Green Lantern's personalities. Uh, <laughs> they're all like personality deficient killjoys, sure. um, which is kind of, I mean, Hal Jordan is not a real fun guy and uh, guy gardner is super aggro all of the the time it's not even like a he flips a flips flips the switch into like go mode it's just go mode permanently the switch is broken <laughs> that's I the see. only way he functions um and Kyle um what's his face Rainer Rainer Kyle Rainer would probably be crying all the time and wanting to show you his DeviantArt page, which I mean, maybe for some people that works. Uh, for me, I'm not so sure. Uh, John Stewart would probably be the only like quiet, cool guy in the corner, like which would be the problem because he would be cooler than me, yeah. which uh- I guess just continues this good and bad column of things i would feel pressured to impress him all day every day mm-hmm. <laughs> see i i would feel like i i put green lantern i specifically put hal jordan on my list because in my mind like you know you can you, if you're bored you want to play a game like let's just wish upon our green ring and make it happen yeah but at the same time you know he he would also you know he's kind of a cop and i don't you know he, that makes him a jerk but at the same time he would at least be out like he would at least be policing the like stay inside do the right thing wash your hands someone actually you know maybe getting on your shit about that i don't think that's a bad thing um and then he would also probably go four or five steps beyond that and that's when it would start to become a bad thing yes somebody could just make a a hard light six foot like meter stick and use that at all times (laughs) He just puts a green bubble around everyone that he's, you know, living with so that they can't get within six feet of each other. Yeah, Green Green Lanterns is a tricky one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and especially when you put the blanket Green Lanterns on. I mean, like, who wants to live with Oa? Like, come on. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but let, let's jump into the worst list. Like, who's on your worst list? Let's go with just the first one. I'm going to bounce back to you, Brian. Uh, You know, this, this one was... Uh... A point of contention for me i went back and forth on her a lot finally had to put her on the worst list uh dr afra because <laughs> at the end of the day she's probably just gonna like use me as an incubator to to grow mm-hmm. the virus uh so that she could try to weaponize grow... it and sell it right right or try to grow a cure so that she could grow it but she'd need to use you as an incubator regardless yeah like I don't, i'm not i'm not game to get experimented on like I, I do think that she's rad, and I'd love to hang out with her in a situation where I could leave. But <laughs> ultimately, I think that being uh, trapped with Doctor Afra would be detrimental to my well-being. Yeah, I feel like she comes with a lot of like droid baggage too. Well, um, who doesn't? Like you, I mean, you know. <laughs> if you've listened true. to I read Star Wars comic books, you know all about my droid baggage. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's true. <laughs> Um, what about you, Nick? Who was on your worst list? So definitely uh, Ice Cream Man, which oh, no. will, like, if no, you aren't Nick. sure why, it just means you haven't read any of the book at all. Uh, like, yeah, there's that faint, faint positive silver lining that, like, maybe he transports you into a world of your greatest desires, like the... um. 
like the musician issue, if you remember mm-hmm. that, where he, he goes and plays with all of the, the musical heroes and everything and whatnot. Sure. Um, and that's great. Except, like, next thing you know, you're, you know, snap back to reality. Boom, there goes gravity. Boom. Anyway, I think that's enough Eminem for today. Um, but next thing you know, you're back in reality and, like, you've ingested half of your bedside dresser and um, you can't find your cat and your right foot is missing, and despite all of that, you still got off lightly compared to some of the other people he's interacted with. So, um, yeah, Ice Cream Man, definitely definitely on the bad side of the list, uh, considering he's, like, flayed people alive, if I recall correctly. Considering that he's some kind of dark trickster god? Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. (laughs) So yeah, he's he's on the bad list. Yeah, and I, if he's I, on anyone's good list, like oh boy, yeah, th- like he would only be on like Freddy Krueger's best list, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. That's, well, so one of my worst, uh, I funny enough, I picked Venom, <laughs> just because I, I saw uh, that. Well, I, I won't get into that, but I, I I'm thinking Venom is just he's just too chaotic. He's so rude, he's so hungry, and he makes fart jokes, and he thinks that they're very funny, and he delivers them in such a dry way. I'm going strictly Venom based on the movie, because I don't read a lot of Spider-Man comics featuring Venom. Um, but even then, like, I feel like just the Venom symbiote is would only see like a virus as like competition. And then would try to make things worse for everyone. Um, so I, I, or, or there would be like a self-preservation thing, and then it would, he would try to, like, the symbiote would try to enrich everyone around him to not die. I don't know, but um, I feel like Venom would just be bad. It would just be nonstop chaos, especially with other people in the house. Like, if it was maybe just you and Venom, maybe you'd be okay. But I think with a house full of people, no, there's no way things go all right. That's that's the big question there is if it's if it's like Eddie Brock with the Venom symbiote bonded to him or if it's Mm -hmm. just a symbiote. I think it's yeah, you know, that's that's a good question. I think we're talking Eddie Brock with the Venom symbiote. Um, And, you know, and I don't know enough about Eddie Brock, but I feel like he's been a jerk in the past. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to just go with that. Yeah, especially movie Eddie. This is Topher Grace, oh, um, Venom. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I got the Topher Grace Venom living in my house with me, and it's just the worst. Yeah, uh, it's funny that you bring up Venom being on your worst list, because Anti-Venom was on my best list. <laughs> right. um, Wait, who's who's this? Yeah, go ahead and explain this to Brian. Uh, well, with the caveat that I can't explain it, um, I will. I will do my best, anyways. Um, okay. Anti Venom is. I mean, it, it's what it sounds like. It's another symbiote, but this one is. I think like maybe it was like an offspring of Venom or something. I don't know. Somebody knows a lot about this character, and it's driving them fucking crazy. Yeah, Listening I know. To me have no idea what I'm Those talking about. Those are the about. moments I live for. Yeah. <laughs> I, rem- I remember. I I think I read the the run where Anti Venom came in, and it was like. I think it was Eddie Brock got another, like, I think he was touched by Mr. Negative, and it created the opposite of Venom, so, like, instead of destroying life, it was all about saving life or something, but I think your point still stands, like, the anti-Venom, like, character or symbiote or whatever it is, is a great housemate um, for that reason, because they're doing the exact opposite of Venom. 
And one of one of their powers is canonically like curing disease. So maybe I'm cheating a little bit here, but I, I <laughs> right. like the the idea that I have somebody in my house who can just kind of like magically purify anyone who comes over. Like, yeah, that's good. That's if handy. you want to come hang out, that's fine. But you gotta let the slime do its thing first. <laughs> Oh goodness, uh, that's that is something I never want to hear you ever say to me in person. <laughs> yeah, that was a that, yeah. Uh, See, similarly, I was thinking about adding Elixir to my list. He's an X Men character, Omega level mutant who has the ability to essentially cure any disease and you know bring people back to life, kind of. But it causes him to turn into this anti Elixir thing. Regardless, he can cure disease. I was thinking about it, but I, I felt like it was cheating as well. well I think um, that anybody who who Quentin Quire might see as a threat to his supremacy would would not be a good addition to your house. True. This is true. This is true. I mean, in another in in another like best that I have, I had. Oh, uh, well, I guess I had mentioned Hal Jordan already. So Nick, what was another person on your best list? Um. Yeah, for me, another best would probably be Livewire from from Valiant Comics, uh, with all of her like technopath abilities and whatnot. Uh, I don't think you'd ever have to worry about internet connection issues or, uh, you know, whether or not your Zoom call was going to drop out or anything like that. Um, maybe you'd have to like revisit. Um, your circuit breakers and whatnot to make sure your house was going to be able to handle what I can only assume would be a torrential onslaught of electricity. Sure. Um, but I also have faith that that's something that she'd be able to sort out as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's always the big, the big concern is, uh, you know, when, if, and when am I going to have internet? problems so yeah, internet any kind of technology problem really it would be great to just have someone you know who's around who can fix that kind of stuff and livewire is quite honestly the best because she can speak to machines it's awesome i will say that uh this this past week uh monday uh the mm. power was out at my my condo for a while and then oh, after man. the power came oh. back on the internet was out for a while longer um and i was lost friends i was adrift in my home for that time right so having somebody on hand who can help with that would definitely be good yeah yeah losing that last connection to the rest of the world is oh brother i don't i don't know what i would do brian you are a stronger person than i to come out of that unscathed well i slept through a lot of it let's oh let's get that (laughs) out of the way right now okay okay (laughs) um well Let's see who. So who else do we have on our worst list then? Um, let's let's bounce back to you, Brian. Uh, I had uh, Damian Wayne on my worst list, <laughs> and that's not quarantine related. Um, just kind of fuck that kid, you know. <laughs> um, I think that he would suck to be around under any circumstance. Sure. Because um, like I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe I'm seeing too much of myself in him. But any any like prickly surly bastard kicking around the house is going to be trouble especially after he's been in there for a week or two right like i imagine he's not one who handles sitting still well yeah 
yeah, I could I could definitely see that being a problem, especially, you know, uh, he's he's a problem to deal with in the Wayne Manor and that's a huge fucking house, let alone, you know, a 3-4 bedroom house that's doesn't really have anywhere to go and quote hide and be broody. Um like I, I can't imagine what he would be like in that small Yeah, like we don't have a cave for him to fuck off into when he <laughs> right. when he can't handle people anymore. Right, right. <laughs> Plus, you know he doesn't do the dishes. Oh yeah. It's it's beneath him, Brian. Yeah. He'd um, come on and on about, oh, I'm an assassin. <laughs> Fuck that kid. <laughs> Sorry to all of our Damian Wayne fans out there. Um, yeah, I'm at Brian Head on Twitter. Feel free to come after me. I got nothing to do these days. <laughs> Nick, what about you? Who else is on your uh, your worst list? Probably, like, Rorschach would definitely be one. Like, oh day one would be... <laughs> kind of fun he's got this cool mask it's like a neat party trick part of you is like that's kind of cool part of you is like i kind of want that for myself Mm -hmm. but like the fun mask stuff by like day two doesn't even matter because you're just having to weigh all of the other factors that come along with it Mm -hmm. um just the general cleanliness his unwillingness to probably take off the trench coat right uh or just the sheer fact that he continues to wear his hat indoors not cool definitely not the sort of person who's going to take his shoes off at the door even though he probably hasn't washed his socks in a while, so I guess he can keep them on. So I'm going to revise my opinion on that almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus, but then you're, we probably, just... you're probably dealing with the fact that like every little house mystery becomes like this big injunction where like he lines everybody up and like he, he's breaking lights to try to intimidate people, try to figure out who used the last roll of toilet paper. You know, I, I can't imagine it's fun at all. Yeah, and I mean, the other problem for me, like, outside of the fact that I think he would almost certainly try to use his grappling gun inside, (laughs) uh, would be the fact that, like, he would probably just start, like, loudly journaling and, like, monologuing his (laughs) journal entries, like, in front of you. So, he would be like, you know, January 22nd, you know, Nick's cooking is terrible. I can't believe I tried to make it through this. Uh, then he made me watch Property Brothers, which is just <laughs> sick, sick, corrupt government programming, and be like, we're all right here. Like, <laughs> right, right. It's it's not nice. What you're saying is not nice, but you can just keep it in your book, right? And then mail it to a newspaper at the end. Yeah, it's okay uh, to have these thoughts and feelings, but you don't need to like, always <laughs> express every single one so, of them. So, yeah, I would... I, I think day one would be fine. I think every day after that would just be, like, nihilist violence, probably. So Right, right. Uh, that would not be good in my book. Yeah, the the last person I had on my worst list was Jughead. Um, <laughs> because while it would be whimsical to kind of have a, a character like Jughead around, um, and I think him and Quentin Quire and, and Hal Jordan would maybe... It would be a fun little bit, like a sitcom. But what we don't see in sitcoms is the moments between. And that scares the living shit out of me. I mean, Jughead would just... I I feel like he would just eat everything and then blame it on no one. And just say, this is just how it's gonna be. Because that's how Jughead talks in my head from like the old 50s Jughead (laughs) um, strips. Or Archie strips. And I feel like it would just be frustrating as hell to get him to do anything and 
all he would want to do is eat, and everyone would be mad at him, probably more mad at him than Venom, somehow. Um, I, I just feel like it would be tedious, and it would be the worst thing in the world. And I love Jughead as a character, but boy, oh boy, living with him, I think, would just be too much for me. Yeah, it's tough to think what would be worse, Comics Jughead or Riverdale Jughead. Oh my god. Oh, oh, I didn't even consider... Riverdale Jughead, oh my gosh, constantly trying to leave the house to go get on his fucking motorcycle and stuff. When you know that's not what you're supposed to do, uh, I would just steal his beanie, though. He would constantly have been having to replace that beanie because I'd be stealing it. I mean, you gotta imagine that thing smells terrible. Yeah, well, he doesn't shower at all. You know that. He, he, that's he seems too much. a greasy boy. Yeah, very greasy. Um Good luck. I guess good on you, Cole Sprouse, for making me sick to my stomach. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess uh, so. Um, yeah, so last last bests, I guess. Brian, Nick, you guys had one more than me, I think. Um, what what is? Or I had one more best. Um, so let's let's start with you, Nick. Who's the last best on your list? Yeah, um, uh, another best from me, also from from Valiant, would be uh, Owen from Secret Weapons. Which, yes. uh, for those of you who forgot, Owen has the ability to apparate uh, any individual item at any given point in time. Uh, with the catch being that he has little to no control over that ability. Although, if we want to take a slightly more deep dive and get into the intricacies of the comic, um, over the course of Secret Weapons, and I think over the course of Harbinger Wars 2, it's intimated that he's getting a slightly better handle on this ability. It's definitely Mm -hmm. not to a point where it's like any item on demand, right? But I think it's slightly faintly moving in that direction so yeah it's kind of um it's kind of a question of i i don't know maybe maybe if 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 you're quarantining in a house maybe there's a certain amount of 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 entertainment that comes with uh you know what are we gonna get next and also a certain element of fear that also (laughs) immediately follows that of uh what are we going to get next so um i mean if anything else that sounds like that sounds like the the party game that never ends. Honestly, if anything else, yeah. Um, That's the, I would I would be both excited and terrified by this. But yeah. you know what? Probably more excited. <laughs> yeah, every day is an adventure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and with Livewire and Hellboy, I'm sure it's just going to get you know real fun. And Rorschach just trying to solve the mystery <laughs> of where the fuck these things are coming from. You're building quite the house, Nick. It's 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 not. As a collective apparatus, it's terrifying. Yes. <laughs> well, Brian, what about you? Who's who else is on your best list? Uh, that would be Poison Ivy. Um, I wanted okay. to, you know, somebody who might help me uh, make better food decisions. Um, something that's not, you know, canned soup or frozen pot pies. Um, mm-hmm. Been living off a lot of that shit lately. Um, but you know, having her around, she'd use her plant powers to help us garden. You know, kind of grow our own produce. Um, I, I'm not sure how down she is on eating plant material exactly. I was just about to yeah. say, uh, yeah. I imagine if it's like stuff like tomatoes, I'm sure it's fine. We're we're just eating like the the fruiting body that comes off the main plant, mm-hmm. um, and anything where where the main plant survives, I think is probably fine. Um, it's it's when you're you're digging up and eating the whole thing. I think we might have a, a point of contention there right right so no potatoes right yeah or carrots 
Yeah, I mean, eh. the potatoes thing, that's going to be rough on me. But Yeah, yeah. You know, having some tomatoes, some peppers, you know, if nothing else, I can probably get a salsa going any day of the week. <laughs> that's what we, And that's that's all you really need in life is a good salsa. I like that. You know, because then, you know, I think Poison Ivy would also encourage you to, like, you know, get out into the sunlight and, and things like that, um, which is always supposedly good for your body. I don't know how much I agree, but um, yeah, I mean, that's com- what I've heard. Coming off a of Midwest winter, I definitely am still in the mood where, like, Anytime the sun is out, I just want to go stand in it for a while. Right. To be reminded like that, oh yes, that, that thing that gives life is, is back, finally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, one of the last best person that I had would be um, Magic um, from the X-Men. Um, and I know that there's, she's, she's got a bit of a, you know, a temper. Um, but at the same time, I think like, you know, we could teleport around things. We could get around this whole walking around near people thing as we teleport into this demon dimension and then back into the reality that we know and love. Um, I think it could be okay. Um, you know, so if we need to just quick pop down to get groceries or go to McDonald's really quick, it's something that we could just do and get back and not have to interact with people. Um, Plus, she's got a huge sword, and I think that's pretty intimidating to most people. Um, so if you just saw someone, you know, materialize out of thin air with a sword, you'd probably just run away, which is great. So, you know, great housemate to have. Um, but at the same time, maybe she should probably be on the best worst list, because I don't think she could put up with anybody's shit on my list um, at all. Um, unless she's able to, you know, beat them into shape um, and actually get someone like Jughead to actually do something. But I only, I think threats of cutting off someone's head or appendages would only go so far after a certain amount of time, unless she followed through on them. So, um, But I, I th- still think magic would be great to have around just because um, she's got a bit of a different perspective on things. And I think if she got sick of everyone's shit, she would just go hang out in limbo for a while and then come back and just, you know, after she's killed a, a thousand demons just to get her rage out. So, this, yeah. This is the first time I've ever had the thought of, yeah, once somebody makes an example out of Jughead. <laughs> yes exactly (laughs) um and yeah i guess uh let's see we had a couple more worsts on our list i think brian you had one more worst but we didn't get to yeah that's uh that's wolverine um (laughs) i because you know with like the healing factor he's got a crazy metabolism right so he's always eating um he's also constantly drinking yeah he's just gonna stink like cigars and cheap whiskey all the time Mm-hmm. Um and I I can't I just can't do it I can't handle yeah. that <laughs> yeah I get you huh? I mean we're talking about the smell of Warshack I can't imagine the smell of Wolverine yeah I mean like at least he bathes I think he bathes so that's mm-hmm. a that's a plus he's got on Rorschach but true true well we've assembled some very disgusting houses um to say the least um I mean. Maybe, maybe not completely disgusting, but I think we've all got someone who's just, it's just going to be bad. We've all got a stinker um, on, the, on the list. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, um, you know, this neighborhood's going to be pretty wild, um, because I imagine in this fantasy world, we all live on the same cul-de-sac. Um, so uh, a lot of neighborhood disputes, probably, as Rorschach is trying to solve why Wolverine is out running in the night. Um, There's going to be some wild commentary on Next Door, for sure. Yes, yeah, the Next Door commentary is going to be great. 
Um, I can't wait for that, especially with the people that are living in regular homes with families and stuff. It's like, what are these fucking crazy people doing? Um, but yeah, I guess you know, it'd be I'd be curious to know what you listeners out there have for your best and worst housemates. If you had to create a fantasy quarantine house, um, it'd be great to hear what you what you think and your explanations for why some people are the best and why some people are the worst. Um, we could have gone with a whole bunch of other people. I could say that would be much better, probably, and probably much, much, much worse. I, I'm glad that we didn't have, like, a Thanos or a dark side in our worst, because, oh boy, I don't know if we could deal with that, like, existential threat constantly looming over, over us. I mean, Nick did include Ice Cream Man, so I guess that is there. But um, It's pretty bad, yeah. Yeah, nobody included a Transformer, which I'm kind of bummed that I didn't think about until now. Um, no Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But, I didn't uh, put them on because I didn't want to have to share pizza, and they I would eat all the pizza. I see. Yeah, I guess that, that kind of leaves the last question. Was there anybody that you guys were considering that didn't make it to the list? I had to try really hard to keep Star Wars characters off my list, just because <laughs> they were like, like a lot of them, like they're not really comic book characters originally. Uh, that was... That's a lot of what I was dealing with, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plenty of, plenty of people where it was like, well, you know, like, comics really aren't their point of origin so i i don't know what to do with so and so so yeah could have had a xenomorph in your house <laughs> right the same thing with like there's plenty of godzilla comics but it it just didn't you know seem seem right so <laughs> me and mothra that's the new that's the new sh- tv show that i'm excited for there you go honestly that's that's the best case scenario if you're getting mothra <laughs> like right <laughs> Ghidorah and and friends like <laughs> I mean that's a show in itself. It's just King Ghidorah and one human, and um, it's it's just a, a, a hellscape. It's uh, Ghidorah, 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 and me. <laughs> I guess none of us thought of any, including any manga characters either, which is only just sort of dawning on me now. So um, the last thing I need is is Deku from My Hero Academia just crying all the time about his uncertainty. Like I love the guy, but um, man, oh man, like I just don't know if I could deal with it. That's that would just be too much, and then the high Q kids would just want to play volleyball all the time. And like, I'm glad that you're trying to be active, but it's an in, it's not an inside sport, right? Yeah, you could probably have Luffy. There you go. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, but see, then he would just be trying to stretch himself all over the house, and it would be really awkward if you just like ran into his torso as you're trying to leave the bathroom, and he thinks it's a great prank, but you're like, that was a bit too close to your crotch for my liking, um, <laughs> you know things like that but anyways so if you have if you have thoughts on this if you have characters that you'd want to see in your quarantine house we'd love to hear it um send us a message send send us an email um but otherwise you can follow us all on twitter you can follow brian at brian head you can follow nick at death star plans you can follow me at mike rapping in the show at ircb podcast we post all sorts of stuff on twitter and instagram don't forget about our hangouts they're coming up on may 9th and may 10th make sure you're there come chat with us about drops of god come just hang out with us and have a, a good time just chatting about whatever this show and our many subscriber-only episodes are powered by fans like you on Patreon. You can join now at patreon.com forward slash ircbpodcast. If you haven't already, please go ahead and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast uh, app you use, whether it be Apple, uh, Spotify, whatever. You know, wherever you are, give us that five stars. Uh, you can also join us on our Discord at ircbpodcast.com slash Discord. And uh, make sure you tell a friend or two about the show. 
Infinity Shred is the best band in the universe. They do all the music for our show. We love them to death. Xander is a high wizard and a good friend, someone that is just fun to hang out with. He also edits the show. I want to say thank you to Brian and Nick for being on the episode, and thank you to everyone out there who listens to the show, talks to us about the show, jumps on Discord, hangs out with us. It's always great. And until next time, comics are good, and so are you.